Hello and welcome to Career View Mirror. I am your host and today's very special guest, who I haven't seen since 2016, <laughs> is Lisa Fabrega. She is a leadership coach who helps ambitious people expand their capacity to handle more growth, more wealth, and success. And for more than 10 years, she's had help, she's helped entrepreneurs corporate executives, Academy Award nominees, Nobel Prize organization candidates break through their boundaries that have been holding them back from their next level. Her signature approach enables clients to reach their highest levels of success and impact. Lisa has addressed thousands of people both on stage as a keynote speaker, as well as when she's appeared on podcasts, including the unmistakable creative her rules radio and tell me a story with Deborah Silverman and including Career View Mirror now. She's yes. also been featured on CNN, Yahoo News, The Huffington Post, and Forbes. She splits her time between Florida and California with her two rescue dogs, Luna and Sadie. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I am so excited for you to be here too because you have battled fires and mudslides and everything else. I was just like keeping my fingers crossed that no natural disasters were on, on the horizon. <laughs> yes, so, please. <laughs> where are you now? Where are you calling from now? Um, well, currently I'm in California. I okay. split my time between Florida and California. I'm in California right now. And it's very nice and lovely here today, thankfully. Excellent, excellent. Great. So one of the biggest things that I, why I have you here and because of the climate, everyone's return either, you're either dealing with the great resignation where people are like, no, I don't want to return to the office or, okay, I've got to come back to the office and work in this kind of reality where it's hybrid, but yeah. there's an importance to being visible, no matter whether you're in the office or out the office, just in life in general, there's an importance to being visible. And I wanted to know what are some reasons why even visible people step out of the spotlight and how do they get back into it? How can we increase our visibility? Yeah, this is a great question. Uh, I think, you know, first of all, I'd say the topic of visibility is one of the most popular ones in the work that I do with people to the point where whenever we do an event focused around visibility, mm -hmm. it always sells out. I mean, that's how popular it is. Um, and I think it's a really big topic because there are several layers to this. Number one, it really activates our survival instincts. Mm -hmm. You know, um, fitting in and being liked, sure, it can be an ego thing, but it's also, you know, a survival thing, right? Mm -hmm. If you think back to early humans, we lived in these nomadic tribes and we would go around helping each other out everybody had a role in the tribe mm -hmm. and so we were really interdependent with each other and so if you left on your own or stood out or it looked different or did things differently you could literally die when you left that safety of the tribe right mm -hmm. so i think we still have that left in our brains through our, you know, there are parts of our brain that are still the same as way back then, right? Even though our brains have developed and changed. And I think that the survival instinct gets activated, first of all, of wanting to be liked. And so sometimes being different from the mainstream or different from what we're seeing can activate fears that, 
you know, I'm in danger and it's totally irrational. It's not a rational thing. It just happens. Um, the second thing is I, I do, and I don't think it can go without mentioning is that, you know, women of color, for example, like that is a whole other layer of being afraid of being fully seen. And um, I was actually just speaking with a fellow Latina woman on a podcast a few hours ago, and she was like, like code switching and all the things that people have to do to fit in. That's a whole other layer. And I feel that if you are a person of color, you have a whole other layer of pressures upon you in terms of how you're seen, projections, that you are constantly trying to overcome and fight against. Just be yourself, just be true to yourself. And there's an added layer of danger there too, yes. right? Because there yes. are real, real consequences there. You know, we don't even have to get into statistics. You know, we all know what those are. Right. Um, I think the third thing is, I think that, it goes back to the survival thing. Um, sometimes we don't, we haven't taken the time to build an environment that is supportive of our full expression. And so when we kind of try to step out there and test the waters, because we don't have a core group of people who are like, go, you're doing great, keep, keep it up. Even if people think it's weird or even if people don't get it yet, we really need that support to keep pushing and keep going and keep putting ourselves out there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we haven't taken the time to build that foundational support. So one of the things I tell my clients a lot is when you're ready to expand your visibility, well, first you have me as your coach, so I'm going to be cheering you on. <laughs> so you got one person at least, right? <laughs> at least one on your, on your team. Right, right. And it's less scary then, right? So then that, that like leaving the tribe thing doesn't get triggered as much right. because it's like, well, at least I have one person that's still going <laughs> to like me, you know? <laughs> but then I say like, tell a couple of friends that you trust who, you know, just unconditionally support you that you want to try this visibility thing. And like, I've done that when I've, every time I up my visibility and I try something a little scary, I ask friends like, do you mind commenting something positive just so I, and they're like, sure. And it just makes it feel safer for you. So I would say those are three reasons why we step out of the spotlight. Um, there's so many more, but those are the three main ones yeah. I've seen. And you know what, thank you for sharing that. You know, one of the things that I heard as the golden thread throughout is the safety piece. You know, feeling safe. If you feel safe, there's there's more of an advantage to getting out there um, and using the tools around you um, is so key. And yes, as a woman of color, I'm exhausted. So maybe the safest thing to do is not be where I need to be. Maybe taking a moment and rescheduling the appointment or the 500th zoom call that we're <laughs> that we're on so no i really appreciate that visibility piece about the reasons why how would you know i know that one of the steps would be to ask for your support team to rally against it what other steps could someone take to be more visible to kind of get out of their shell a little bit more well, I, one of the things that I think is so important is to understand how, why it's important to be visible, okay. right? Because one of the things that I've noticed is when we don't have a greater why for why we're doing something, 
it's not as easy to stay devoted and consistent with it. But if you've got a why, for me, if I have a big goal and I attach a why to that goal and I can keep my focus on that and I'm like, and when it gets hard, I'm going, yeah, but I'm doing this for this reason, right? Yep. Then it's much more likely I'm gonna stay on track with that goal. And so it's the same thing as number one, ask yourself, what is my greater why and being more visible? Because it's never enough to just be like, I just want to have lots of likes. Like that's not enough, right? <laughs> you it's know, fun like, in the moment, but like after that, it's just like this, you know, empty. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. And then you become like hooked and addicted yes. to that feeling, right? So why am I being visible, right? So a lot of times it looks like, well, I really want people to see that you can do this, or I really want people to understand that they are worthy, or I really want, uh, you know, women to feel like they can, you know, X, whatever, right? And all of this is your greater why, and it's so important to have the greater why that you're working towards. So that's, you know, one of the reasons what you want to consider, what's my reason for being more visible? The second mm -hmm. thing is, you have to think about this and I really I know people have said this to you if you're listening to this, but it bears repeating because sometimes we just hear the same thing in a different way in the right moment, right? Yes. There is nobody like you on this planet like you, you are totally unique. And even if you are a twin and your DNA is the same, the way you process your life is going to show up in a totally different expression of who you are. And one of the things that I have found from just a statistics like numbers level, mm -hmm. working with over 74,000 people at this point in the last 12 years, is that the parts of you that you tend to hide because they're a little different and unique are often the parts of you that are the most impactful on other people and the most lucrative. Yes. So I have had I have had clients who, you know, were business coaches or you know like were like in scientific fields for mm -hmm. example and they had a hunch that they wanted to do something just a little differently. So my business coaching client was a shaman and had all these intuitive gifts, right? That she was hiding thinking, gosh, in the business world, they're gonna think I'm weird, you know, for doing that stuff with my clients, but she was hiding it. So everything was real straight laced, you know, business coaching on her website. Mm -hmm. And the, the scientist client that I had, she had this new way that she wanted to try uh, teaching other scientists how to manage their careers, but it was very unconventional based on how careers go in the science world. Yeah. And what was amazing is when we started expanding that capacity for more visibility and feeling safe for being more visible, the business coaching clients started to say out loud, hey, I'm also really intuitive. And part of my gift is that I can be intuitive in your business design, right? I can intuit what's best for you. Mm -hmm. Do you know she had this event that she would just pull teeth for every year just to get 80 people in? And it was like, oh, it was so hard. <laughs> that year that she started saying she was an intuitive business coach and owning who she was fully mm -hmm. and letting that be seen, she sold 285 tickets. What? Well, that's like more than triple what yes. she was doing. It was wild. It was wild. And then the, the scientist client that I had, she had been struggling to even bring in more than a certain revenue in her business. Her revenue doubled that year when she started teaching what she really wanted to teach. And did she get a little pushback from colleagues? Of course she did. 
but she had me going, don't listen, keep going. She had other people cheering her on. And then the greater why of I'm trying to change the way people do science careers, you know, <laughs> driving her. And so I just want to give those examples because I think it's helpful sometimes to hear success stories, yes. putting yourself out there and realizing that it makes you stand out from everybody. It makes like, because there is nobody like you, because you are a fingerprint, as unique as a fingerprint, why not fully own that and show it? It just makes it more compelling. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely makes it more compelling. So basically knowing the why behind the visibility, why are you getting involved in visibility and owning who you are and leveraging that, making that di your differentiator and, and really celebrating it, right? Yes. And I'm even thinking, you know, like even in a corporate career environment, being able to really own who you are, because I've had a lot of corporate clients, mm -hmm. those people like your managers remember you, you know, you remember your different way of thinking and you're much more likely to get promotions or to be considered for special opportunities. than if you're just like everyone else and you don't stand mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times when we are uh, a lot of time, and I'm just thinking from, from a hair perspective, right? So I'll clearly have no hair um, and going natural. And I remember coming to work um, with my wig on, even though I had sent pictures of me without my wig on um, when I finally cut my hair off and my coworker who's just like, what do you have on your head? What is that? And it was just the embracing of your uniqueness. And so I took it off, took the wig off and put it in like a garbage bag or something. I can't remember. And just walking in your authentic self, um, you never know who you could be inspiring to take another brave step. And so by, by showing my hair or my no hair situation, actually kind of enlisted a whole bunch of other people to go natural with their hair. And, and um, it didn't change my performance. It didn't, you know, in fact, it made me even more positive and productive about who I was. So yes, yeah, step into that power. The other thing that you just made me think of when you were saying that is, a lot of times we're afraid of how people are going to react, right? Mm -hmm. But you were just saying, you know, we don't know who we're impacting positively and encouraging to be themselves when we are encouraged to be ourselves. But also we have to understand that people who get triggered by us just being ourselves or who don't like it, it has nothing to do with you. Ah. It is it, a lot of times you're actually being of a positive effect on them too, because they're triggered because they don't allow themselves to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And you're like a mirror for them. And they're just like, I don't know what to do with that. I'm mad because I don't let myself do it. So if you take it that way, then it's easier to even take it less personally when someone has a problem with you being yourself. And, you know, that's a good tip to remember, because when you're doing something and being as courageous and bold about being seen more, um, to not take it personally, to just really have that internal validation, like, this is me, this is my magic. I'm going to rock it out, you know, whatever happens, happens. And it takes some time. I will tell you, being visible with this bald head, it's taken a minute, you know, I, I shaved it in 2014. And it's probably been maybe the last two years that I finally feel like I'm owning it. You know, I'm really well, you look fabulous. Thank you, <laughs> uh, yes. So, and, 
No, truly. Like I remember when I first met you, I just thought you looked fabulous and you still look fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> you own it. I mean, it, it looks amazing on you. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely taken a place of, of really owning the, who I am, my differentiator and knowing the why behind why I want to be visible. And, um, and because of that, you know, making sure that your visibility can sometimes be your own personal brand. We talk about personal branding all the time with my clients and how do I step out in a good way? Knowing your why is a key piece of that personal branding as well. A hundred percent. I was just, a friend of mine said to me, a friend of mine who's a doctor and not in, you know, uh, any industry that I'm in, <laughs> she said to me, Oh God, everybody's a brand now. And I said, uh, you should be. Yes. I was like, every, everything yeah. is branding and you don't realize it, but you are marketing yourself every single moment every, of the day. Every day. And yeah. It made her pause. She was like, Hmm, I should have my own brand as a doctor. <laughs> yes. And it really, it's, it's, it, it makes you look at life a little bit differently too, about how you approach things, how you speak up for yourself. Um, you know, so I, I definitely agree with you. It is important to have a brand. And I, I think they tie well together, the brand and the visibility. I mean, if you're going to have a brand, how are people going to know about your brand unless you show up and show out, right? So in a good way. <laughs> exactly. So how did you get into the business of visibility and expanding one's capacity? How did you focus on that? Because as I'm a leadership coach as well but I focus on, on more of the pieces and parts that deal with effective coaching or finding your voice or the branding piece, right? But what made you pick capacity to focus on? How is that your niche? Niche, excuse me. Oh, almost mispronounced the niche. <laughs> I don't even know how it's pronounced. I, I accept all pronunciations of the word. As long as I know what it means, I don't care how it's pronounced. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting because I often tell my clients that if we follow the crumbs, we get led to where we need to go. And it's very funny because I started my coaching practice in 2010 officially, unofficially a few years prior. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was a health coach of all things. I was coaching people on their nutrition. Could it be further than what I do today? <laughs> and I started to notice that for some reason, all my clients were these very successful, ambitious women, right? And big plans and it really cared to make an impact, you know? And I noticed that after a couple of sessions, we just weren't talking about food anymore. We were talking about their careers. We were talking about the stresses they were having, the places where they felt stuck. And, you know, if you pay attention to the messages that are coming your way, even as you are doing your work, which is why I always tell my clients, like, just get started. Mm -hmm. Stop trying to make it perfect before you start, because literally the process of fine tuning what you do comes from action because yeah. you do a little thing, you get a little feedback. Oh, that's it. So the feedback I was getting was, oh, I'm not a food coach. You know, like where I'm excelling with my clients has nothing to do with what kale smoothie you had that morning, you know, and everything to do with how they were seeing themselves, because how you see yourself changes how you show up and what you say yes to and the boundaries you said and all of that. And so 
I started to notice that and little by little, as I just put myself out there and did my work, I wasn't calling it capacity in the beginning. My, my brand has had many iterations and languages, oh, yeah. you know, and I, it, it's through client feedback. You know, a lot of them started talking to me about how they just felt like they had so much more capacity to handle every next level of growth. Cause you know, there's, this is an amazing example. I was watching Bishop T.D. Jakes uh, on Oprah's masterclass mm -hmm. and he was giving a talk about pint people and gallon people. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, uh, that video, but it's like yeah. the perfect metaphor for capacity. But he talks about it in love relationships, right? About, you know, you are a gallon person and you give a gallon of love, but you keep pint size, you know, from people who are pint people and he calls them pint people, <laughs> you yeah. know? And, and I love that because it's something, it resonated with me because it's something I've talked about with my clients in relation to the ways we drain energy and why we burn out. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm getting here, I'm getting to a point with this, which is that, I just started to notice that whenever we grow to another level, you know, whether it's we want to make more money, we want to impact more people, we're being promoted, uh, we want to be a better parent, you know, whatever we're choosing as growth oriented people to grow into next, mm -hmm. there's a new set of challenges that comes up in that new version of you that you've never had to deal with before. And how you deal with them is a matter of your capacity. And so if you, a lot of people hold back their growth because they're afraid that they're gonna expand so much they won't be able to handle it. That's a capacity concern. Yeah. What if I don't have the capacity to handle that? And so my work is, all right, well, let's get you the capacity you need to handle that, you know, that's it. It's not about whether you, oh, I don't know if I can handle it. Yes, you can. Yeah. We have to figure out how you're going to handle it. And that doesn't mean pile more work on your plate. It might mean delegate more, say no to this, stop doing this emotional labor for these people in your life. You know, it's a different equation for everybody. So that's how I got into do, like calling it what I do is my clients literally gave me the languaging and how they were talking about what they were experiencing and working with me, just being able to handle more not feeling so thrown off by the new challenges that were coming with every level of growth. And that is how it became what it is today. And now it's a whole framework yes. that I have. I mean, it's a whole thing I've developed on my own from just observing people and seeing what they were struggling with. And that's, that says a lot to people who are in various works of life. And, and I appreciate you sharing that is that, you know, you sometimes you need to listen to what's going on around you, step back as and take a pause for the cause, as I like to say, and just really go inward and hear, actively listen, hear what people are saying back to you, what they're reflecting back to you. You know, I find I learn more from the people I coach than sometimes vice versa, right? So that is amazing that you were able to take that and, and even expand your own capacity as a coach and what you were offering and how you're servicing and, and supporting your clients. That's amazing. Thank you. And I tell my clients all the time, like I have no business teaching this if I'm not doing it myself too. And I am going to be growing my capacity until I die. I am a very growth oriented person. I want to keep growing. 
I always tell my coaches, my worst fear is that I'm going to have blind spots that I don't see. So my coaches have full permission to nail me to the wall if they need to. Like I, and they, and they will, they call me out, you know, and sometimes it's hard to hear some of the stuff they're saying to me, but I know that I need to keep expanding my capacity to hear hard things about myself so that I can be more effective as a leader and stay in integrity and be an agent of not harming people with my blind spots. Right? Yes. Yes. And I feel, yeah. Oh, no, so, no. Keep on going. Keep, keep going. I was, I was saying, amen. Go on. Say you said, it yeah. And I, I feel like that's good leadership, right? Like a good leader is going to constantly be self-examining and growing. And if you are not, then you should not be a leader. Absolutely. Amen to that. I mean, walking the talk is so challenging. I, I agree. <laughs> taking a page from my own book. Um, but it is so true. Just like if you were a leader of a group in a call center or, you know, the leader of the free world, you know, you've got to make sure that you are walking the talk. If you're asking someone to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. So I really appreciate the fact that you practice what you teach as well. Um, and, and I wanted to know, have you ever gotten to a place where you um, had to expand your capacity circle? Like, did you ever have like one of those, like, like, oh my goodness, I need to expand my capacity and like check myself before I wreck myself. Have you ever had a moment like that? Oh God, so many, <laughs> so many. Um, I mean, you've been, I've been doing this for 12 years. You come into all sorts of capacity. I'll give you a great story. Um, in 2015, I, well, I got to the end of 2014 and my business had grown so much and uh, we had wait lists for our wait list. It was wild. I mean, I could not believe how many people just kept coming in and requesting to work with me. And I was getting to the point where I was very burned out and I was starting to notice resentment. And for me, if I'm feeling resentful, that that's part, there's a problem, you know, because I love what I do. I always have mm -hmm. so resentment to me. And that's for anybody listening. If you're feeling resentment, something needs to be examined. Uh, and so I started think what I did though, is I made the mistake that a lot of us ambitious growth oriented people make, which is let me find a strategy to solve this problem. And so I thought the reason I'm feeling burned out and the reason this is happening is because I need a new business model, which is what we do. You know, like when we are not in a place where we are prioritizing our capacity, and I'll explain to you what that means in a moment, we start making decisions based off only strategic mindset. Wow. And what happens with that is because we are not considering the capacity we're going to need to handle the results we're trying to achieve with those strategies, we end up making bad decisions um, or decisions about things we can't yet handle or don't have the foundations to handle. And we need to take time to build the foundation first before we try to go for that result. And so what happened was I invested $100,000 in a new business model funnel um, system for my business ended the year $100,000 in debt in business, in my business. Okay. okay. And I was terrified. Oh my gosh. 
I mean, I ha I am not a debt averse person. Debt does not stress me out. I don't, it's just the way I'm made. And also mm -hmm. I'm an entrepreneur. So you best, right. get, best get comfortable with debt. Broke like, is easy. <laughs> right. And like doing all sorts of things with money as an entrepreneur that most people don't do. Right. Um, but I mean, obviously within honest limits. Yes. <laughs> um, but I had never had that much debt in my business. And I, that's the, I call it the year I did not sleep because I was, so, I was so stressed out and I just could not figure out why this funnel that I had invested all this money in was not working for us. And I had a real, what I like to call come to Jesus moment with myself at the end of that year. And I realized I did not make this decision from a grounded place. What happened was I, my business had grown so fast and I had been so focused on excelling and getting that business to grow to a certain revenue point that I totally forgotten to ask myself, do I have the capacity to handle the business that I'm growing? Mm. And what ended up happening is I continued with that mind frame and chose a bunch of things that were not really aligned or good for me or the business. And so even the product I was trying to sell in that funnel was not really me. And it wasn't really what my zone of genius is, mm -hmm. but I had an expert tell me it would be, you know, work amazingly, yeah. you know, but I didn't check in with myself. I also didn't examine why am I burned out? Is it because my business model is off? Because a lot of times we identify the source of our burnout wrongly. Yep. Right. So a lot of it was that I didn't have the good proper boundaries in place. And so my clients would take a lot of energy from me and not on purpose. I just didn't let them know that, you know, these are boundaries that I have. Right. So it's not their fault, you right. know. Right. I love my clients. They're great. <laughs> um, so there was just all these little ways in which I was leaking energy. And that's what was leading to my burnout. And then I ended up doing this whole thinking I had to do this whole thing with like a and all I had to do was just make a couple little tweaks and things would have been better. Mm -hmm. So that was my huge, huge lesson on why expanding your capacity to meet, you know, if you want a gallon, to use Bishop T.D. Jake's metaphor, if you want a gallon-sized business, if you want a gallon-sized career, if you have a gallon-sized goal, make sure you are moving from a pint to a gallon in terms of your capacity because you have to match your capacity to the size of the goal you're going towards. Uh -huh. Got it. I'm taking so many notes, even though I'm recording <laughs> this, because I'm keeping it from myself because these are so many great gems. <laughs> all right, match that. Yeah, so I, I teach from experience. I, all, I, I mean, you probably know, you've probably been on my email list for a while. I tell yeah. all my stories because that's life. You know, I tell my stories, I tell stories of clients and, stumbling blocks we hit, you know, we, we got to know that the people we're learning from are dealing with the same thing, you know? And, you know, I think you, you hit the nail on the head though, about checking in with yourself. You know, I had the similar, and you said it resentment. And when I had that, that, that was a red flag for me. Cause I'm like, mm, I usually don't start my day out like this, you know, not, not for a very long time, you know, and, and uh, I, I was, I had to check it out and say, why am I doing this? And I realized it took seven weeks off to take a break, a wow. mental break. I never took that much time off. That's and I, I came back and I was supposed to, I had this high hope of being rested and rejuvenated and refreshed and ready to go and take on 
my clients. And I, I honestly said, I don't want to go back to work. But what I meant was I didn't want to go back to the way I was working. And that was it. I needed to change how I was approaching how I was working to expand my capacity. And that was so eye-opening. And I also knew that I could not recharge seven years of building a business in seven weeks. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way that you can get seven years of refreshing after seven years of hustle. Um, yeah. seven weeks. It's not possible, it's not possible. So, but no, it was so eye-opening that resentment piece and really taking a look at it it really yeah. helps, but you know, now I'll probably giving you a call is to find out how do I expand my capacity to, to meet the gallon goal that I have right now. So yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's so important to keep these in check. I, I really appreciate you sharing these nuggets with us and me personally, selfishly, but <laughs> here's my favorite question. I know, I know that we've, we're going over time and I, but I just, I, I just want to suck all the information out of your head. So sure. I really, I ask this question of all my guests and it's, it's really, if you could go back to your past self, the younger Lisa and give her any career advice, what would it be? What would be the career advice that you give to little Lisa? Such a great question. It would be trust your instincts mm. because uh, yeah, trust your instincts because a lot of people have opinions about how you should do things, mm -hmm. but I think the ultimate opinion is always your own instinct. And if you don't know what your instinct is, then cultivate the knowing of what is your inner wisdom and what is just external chatter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Figure out the difference because exactly. it is very noisy out there. And yes. I will tell you, you know, as much as social media is a blessing, it can be a curse to whatever field you're in and to your self-confidence, but trusting your instincts is so key. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your yes. tips and your insights. Um, and I, you know, I'm going to put the information on how to visit Lisa and how to impart all of her knowledge if you want to hire her as a client or as a speaker, we'll put that all in the, the notes. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've heard or seen, subscribe to my channel, please, and share it with your friends because this is amazing stuff here. And thank you, Lisa, for being on Career View Mirror. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure.